This is Calgary Today with Angela Cocott on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Good Tuesday afternoon. Ha, I did it. I didn't say good Monday afternoon. That sometimes happens after those sneaky long weekends. You come to work and you think... Wait a second. It's not Monday. We're already into Tuesday, and I hope you had a great Thanksgiving long weekend. I want to talk about a topic that you're probably saying, Ange, we heard about the new rules around mortgages. Um, well, I think it was October 3rd that Finance Minister Bill Morneau announced them. But I really wanted to take a bit of time to see how the industry was dealing with them and what kind of reaction that homeowners and home buyers, more importantly, are having to the new rules. Thought I'd bring in Don Campbell. He's the author, senior analyst of Real Estate Investment Network joins us today. Hello, Don. Great to be back. Thank you very much. And how are you feeling? Oh, great. Thank you. <laughs> it was last week that back Don and I were... Game. Yeah, we were talking last week and he said, Ange, can we make it Tuesday? I'm trying to get my voice back. So uh, I wanted the, to the have... The family was incredibly happy because it was four days without a voice. So <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I wanted you to have your full voice because yeah. we need to understand these new rules Maybe let's start with the rules, and then I want to find out why we had to come up with new rules. So what are some of the key ones that home buyers need to be aware of? Well, the key ones are really kind of interesting. Like the number one that is going to affect every homeowner in Canada is the primary residence. Now, before, when you had a primary residence and you sold it, it was capital gains free. You got to keep all your money, and that, that was all great. And then there are people who are claiming primary residents on one, two, and three properties, people who are flipping properties, and, and it was just terrible, and not paying their ta- appropriate tax. So now you have to, if you sell your house starting now, if you, have, you have to claim that value on your income tax. Now, it's still exempt, but you have to claim it, and you have to put it on your income tax. Now, think about that for a second, about the data that they're going to be collecting over the next few years as people are selling their personal residence. And then they're going to, let's be realistic, they're running some serious deficits in Ottawa on purpose. And um, they're going to be looking at that going, hmm, even if we put a couple of percent tax on the personal residence, maybe we could collect a couple of extra billion dollars. So, you know, this is not going to happen in the next couple of years, but you will see it. It's, it's inevitable once they start tracking it. Okay. Number two is the stress test. Now, there's some goodness around this one, the stress testing your mortgage. So before when you went to, to qualify, especially for first-time home buyers and, um, and low ratio, or high ratio mortgage, where you're only putting down 5 or 18 kind of percent, yeah. um, you could qualify for a decent rate and uh, you, could, you, know, you didn't have to jump through too many hoops and get insurance and you'd be in. Now what's happening is there's a new stress test and you're going to be qualifying against a much higher rate, which is now the Bank of Canada's five-year posted. Whether you get 2%, doesn't matter. Everybody get 1.8%, whatever you negotiate, that's not what you're going to have to qualify against. And I think that that's pretty smart because inevitably interest rates are going to go up at some point in the next decade. Right. Um, and also your gross, dom- uh, gross domestic, gross uh, debt service and total debt service now have ratios that you have to meet so your total debt cannot hit 44% or you're going to get a no. So that's, that, those are the two main ones that are going to be hitting, hitting the market and slowing it down. And I, we did some quick math. And say, for instance, there's a family. They're earning $100,000 total, and they've finally saved up $40,000 for a down payment. Currently, 
um, they can quote afford, according to all the ratios, etc., six hundred sixty-five thousand dollars. After October the twelfth or thirteenth, that drops to around five hundred five hundred ten thousand dollars. So that's the thing that's going to affect the market is the inability for people to qualify for those higher uh, higher priced properties. So you know where that's going to head is the demand for those higher priced properties will start to fall faster than the lower priced properties. And then that means the average sale price will drop and everybody will sing the praises. Look at this. Oh my goodness. It's great. You know, right. we've lowered the average sale price. And, and, and unfortunately what it's done is it's just hammered the millennials and the first time home buyers mostly. And, um, and of course, that's hidden way underneath any of the announcements. Oh, by the way, we're going to mess with our number one voters. Is the first time buyers the millennials? Now, Don, then let's go back to the reason they had these rules. Because whenever we talk about problems in the housing market in this country, we look at Toronto and Vancouver. And is this where the government was trying to change things? Because I, I know in Calgary, this is going to have a really negative impact. Well, the, here's the interesting thing is that um, unfortunately, um, and this, remember, this is I'm discussing policy, not politics. Unfortunately, the recent policy decisions that have been coming out of Ottawa have been quite optically driven, and uh, rather than you know financially driven. So mm-hmm. they're optically driven, meaning wow, there's a lot of voters in Toronto and Vancouver, and a lot of them are sure complaining about these high prices. Uh, we should probably do something about that. And you know what? I know Atlantic Canada is struggling a little bit. We know Alberta is struggling, but eh, we don't get that many votes there anyway. And and I know I'm being a little bit cynical. And please don't phone in and say, "Oh, you're anti this and anti yes. that." That's not. I'm being logical. So they're looking at the votes and they're looking at those super hot markets, and they decide, you know what? Let's cut it off at the knees. And you know the unintended consequences in the other markets will be some pain. You know, the, when we go back to the stress test, and I'm almost, I'm so tired of hearing Stephen Pelos or anyone else saying, watch out what kind of debt you're going to take on because interest rates are going to go up. We have had a generation go, grow up without the incredible interest rates we had in the, the 80s. I mean, the idea of 19% mortgage rates or interest rates would be, you got to be kidding. But this generation doesn't understand that. But I think they finally are saying, you know what, you guys have cried wolf. This isn't going to happen. We don't yes. have to worry about it. And that's exactly what happened. Of course, it's been, it's been yelled out enough times that it just, it just now gets lost in the fog. And, um, and I, I looked before coming on here, I looked at my, my first mortgage, in 1980, mm-hmm, yeah. 16 yeah. and a quarter percent. And I was okay with that. And I was working part-time at Sears, for crying out loud, and was able to make that happen. The reason that the interest rates were so high is, is because the economy was on fire, and at the same time, the housing market was doing very well. So, you know, the interest rates don't just go up because nothing happens. So when the economy, if the economy ever recovers, you know, the, the recovery that... Um, is is supposedly happening in Canada. If you peel the onion a little bit, it's not very strong. Yeah. Um, if it ever happens and the interest rates start going up, you know for a fact that it's going to go up a quarter point at a time. Right. Once every quarter, probably, um, people will be able to lock in their mortgages, etc. But frankly, you're right. A whole generation is 
worried about whether it goes from 1.89 to 2.2. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we need to, what we need to be worried about more is the debt and the deficit that's being generated because that is going to drive our dollar even farther down, which will mean inflation will have to kick in in the future um, because we'll have to be buying with a 60 cent, 65 cent dollar the world's, the world's goods. And that's a bigger problem than this housing thing. But the housing thing is easier for everybody to understand because you live in one or you rent one. That's back to the optics. Yeah, 100%. Right? And, and here's the sad part. There's a few sad parts built into this, obviously. But this is going to keep – and some people will be happy about this – but this is going to keep people in the rental market longer than notionally would happen. And you've got a 27% of the population, actually bigger, larger than that in Alberta because it's a younger province, mm-hmm. 27% of the population in Canada are those millennials, which is the exact same size as the baby boomers. Now, I'm not going to date you, but I'm going to date me, and I'm right in the midst of the I'm, – I'm, I'm a baby boomer. Yeah. And we've changed everything, some of it for the good, some of it for the bad, but the stock market, financial products – um, food distribution, all of those things happened because we were such a large group of people. Inflation kicked in because there were so many of us consuming so many things. Well, guess what? The millennials are the exact same size, and they're going to go through the exact same buying pattern. The sad part is that this is delaying that pattern, so that it's going to be like a dam. So there's a dam holding back all the inevitable spending and the inevitable having babies and the inevitable living choices. And when that dam bursts, inflation will have to kick in. Therefore, interest rates will have to go up. Mm. So it's, it's, it's really interesting how we look at things uh, just as average case because we're all really busy. But if you look at things in one little piece, you can get mad about it. You can, you know, you can, you can go, oh, my goodness, that, that's not going to affect me. But all of these things are going to affect all of us. And we just have to wake up to that. Yeah. All right, Don, hold on here. I want, I've got a lot more questions about sure. these new rules. Don Campbell is the author, senior analyst of Real Estate Investment Network. I want to delve more into this stress test. And I'm curious to hear from you. Uh, you know, maybe you know of someone who is trying to get into the market and it, it's definitely tough. We've got high prices here, but how that impacts their decisions. 403-974-8255. Of course, that's the number to call or to text. I'm Angela Cocott. You're listening to Calgary Today on News Talk 770. Just trying to uh, delve into the new mortgage rules that were announced back on October 3rd. Don Campbell is my guest. He's the author and senior analyst of Real Estate Investment Network. Don, I don't want to throw this at you, especially if it's numbers, but sometimes you have numbers right in front of you. And I'm, I'm looking at average prices, house prices. Is it, do you have any idea when we look at Calgary versus Vancouver and Toronto? Well, we take a look at, at Calgary. Even here in um, October, you know, the, the median price is 423 mm-hmm. So um, it's still actually making sense in Calgary. If you're not looking at value, if you're, if you're okay for ups and downs in value, it's still making sense to to buy in Calgary rather than rent okay. because the prices are going. But you jump into Vancouver. Uh, here's the interesting thing about Vancouver, and I, I, we study every market, and the Vancouver one is always quite interesting because there's so much commentary around it, and and frankly, it's 20 or 18 degrees there today, so like who wouldn't want to be there? <laughs> and, uh, yes. And and so you've got the foreign buyer contingent that comes in and drives the average sale price up because they buy up in that two million and above properties. Okay, mm-hmm. so that drives the average sale price up, and then you've got 
the a lot of newer condos, which are obviously more priced than the older condos. So that drives the average sale price up there. And, you know, it's, it's fantastic to look at some of these pictures on the Internet and go, look at this house. It's $1.5 million in Vancouver. That's ridiculous. It's a teardown. And, and you can find that in just about any market. You have to know the backstory. Right. But in Vancouver, um, you, we already saw – we're into month four of slowdown before they put the foreign buyer tax on. Mm-hmm. So it, it was already doing its cyclical change. You know, in my book, The Real, Secrets of the Canadian Real Estate Cycle – um, we discuss all these cycles and how they play out, and how you, as a listener, can can actually read these cycles. And then, as you go, as it goes, as it was going down, then they threw this what's called a economic influencer, this tax. Then it just smacked it on the head, and then that 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 end of the market, the foreign side, really slowed down. But not just the foreign side, because the the local guys as well were, were starting to struggle because they were concerned about what was going to go on in the marketplace. So they stopped buying as well. So now you, you accelerated the down cycle, and yeah. then you throw this on top of it, where people are going to really struggle to uh, buy even an a entry-level condo in Vancouver. And um, so that's going to slow that market even further, and therefore a lot of homeowners are going to start to see their, quote, average sale price or average value go down, and they're going to lose part of their retirement. Gonna, you know, it's going to be a really interesting knock-on effect. Yes. In Calgary, right now, it's still making sense to buy um, as long as you have a five-year window ahead of you like expect the, the prices to to still do a dip we've got you know high unemployment in the city you know we've got um, you know oil prices theoretically stabilizing but you know frankly who knows what the, you know Putin's agreed to today it's just going to change the game again I'm sure and um, and pipeline protests and all that stuff yes so you have to have a five-year window minimum but it's still cheaper than renting and if you're going to stay in the city for the, for the rest of your life, um, there's there's no. You know, I'm not a realtor. I'm not trying to sell real estate, but frankly, as a strategic uh, or a strategist, that that's what I would start to look at. I got to live somewhere. I might as well live in a house, right? Than in renting. And and is it, especially if we look at two years ago, I mean, that's the when things were so hot and then now we've gone through the two years of things cooling off and, of course, our economy and everything else. So, as you say, if you can afford to get into the market, even with these new rules, this would be an opportunity to do that? And you can be pickier, too. Uh, you know, just, you know, there's no need to, back two years ago, you know, somebody would list something and, and there'd be 12 offers on it. Uh, a little over two years ago, and um, and now you can sit back and wait. You know, you're, as a buyer, you're in a in a pretty strong position. Yes, and um, and which is great. The interest rates are are still incredibly low. You can lock in for ten years for next to nothing. Um, so you, if if you're if you're so inclined, and but really be strategic. Where do I want to live? What what neighborhood? I don't have to start chasing deals. And understand that those the upper ones, like so, for instance, that six hundred thousand dollars and above, is probably going to be hit harder in the next little while than the four hundred thousand dollars and below, hmm. um, because of these new rules, right? And also perception, people are going to well, it's six hundred. I might as well wait till it goes to five hundred. You know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And four hundred is not going to go to three hundred. So yeah. people are just just thinking a little bit different, a little bit more strategic. Uh, in the in the old world of Alberta, by this point, at about that two two and a half year mark, um, both the federal and provincial government would have stepped in with 
positive announcements and even if they didn't do anything, they wouldn't be threatening a carbon tax and, you know, all these different things that that whether they're good or bad, it's all about timing. And if, if you announce it when there's already trepidation in the marketplace, then people just sit back and go, you know what, I'm going to wait a little bit until this thing, whole thing plays out. Right. And so, therefore, our jobs are not, are, are not growing the way that they should be at this part of the cycle. And... And what's interesting, though, there are two banks, I believe it's BMO and TD, who have announced that they believe Alberta's economy will be in the top two in Canada in 2017. Now, <laughs> that's interesting. Um, we'll watch that yeah. and see if that plays out. But if that does, it's not an immediate recovery for the real estate market, but it is an immediate recovery for the confidence of Albertans, which is a stage one. And, and, you know, really what I'm taking away from this, Don, is what the changes that were announced with these, the primary residents and the stress test, mm-hmm. you're saying it can almost be a bit of a distraction for the federal government when they really should be looking at debt and deficit, because that's what's going to eventually be the, the bigger impact on us and whether or not we have the power to be able to buy new homes or that's buy right. homes. Yeah, absolutely. Or for them to reduce taxes in the future yeah. or control inflation or... And the sad part is, given given our our typical um, human cycle and 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 media cycle right now, this is the hottest thing. I will tell you, the next time I'm on in a couple of months, Angela, we'll be talking about something completely different. Yeah. And and the unfortunate thing is, is that we don't extrapolate the pain enough out. So people are going, now oh, look at me throwing money to this group and that group, and there's all kinds of and nothing to oil and gas. I hope you noticed. Yeah, but, uh, yes, sadly. Mm-hmm. But we 200 know. million to the automotive industry that burns the oil and gas. Just interesting. Yeah. And um, and <laughs> and and you start to look at it. You go, well, wait a second. Where is this going to end? Say, for instance, you have children that are 16, 18, 20. Who's going to be paying for this stuff? It isn't going to be you and I as the baby boomers because we'll have already checked out, not physically, but financially in the world. Right. And now the baby boomers are going, man, I can't believe I'm paying 12% interest. I can't believe that my parents left me with this inflation bubble. I can't believe that. the I, I spent a lot of time in London and talking to economists and, 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 and people who study world economies. And they go, are you guys out of your mind? Doing that, we're going to drive your dollar down to 60s. This is when we were at par, even. We're going to drive your dollar down into the 60s mm-hmm. if you keep running those kind of deficits. And do you guys know what that means to your economy? And I said, obviously, voters didn't. Yeah. And, and, and once again, I, I, you know what? Blue, green, red doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is policy, and policy that's going to hurt millennials is a real concern for me. Yeah, we're all going to pay for it in the end. Well, them more so. Don, as always, thanks so much, and love to talk to you in three or four months, see how things have turned around in 2017. Cheers. All right. Thank you. Don Campbell, he is the author, senior analyst of Real Estate Investment Network. Calgary Today with Angela Cocott, weekdays at 3 on News Talk 770 Calgary.